I'm Dr. Jamie Grant. I'm a bossy femme bottom, and this is Just Sex, Mapping Your Desire. Welcome to Season 2 of Just Sex, Mapping Your Desire. This season, I'm excited to sit down with many of my heroes, sheroes, and theyros. People whose work has enlarged my thinking, my spirit, and my heart. People whose breathtaking commitment to themselves and their desire maps brings me so much joy and courage. I hope their stories will do the same for you. I'm excited to bring two mappers to the podcast today. Julian Glover, whom I met when they were interning at the National LGBTQ Task Force, and we immediately started working together on mapping workshops. Julian has been a mapper for about eight years, I think. Eight years. We're also joined by Bishop Howard, who has been in the mapping universe for about two years Mm -hmm, now, mm -hmm. right? Uh, Taking the workshop and some of the related programming at the National LGBTQ Leadership Conference, Creating Change. Well, hello, Julian and Bishop, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah, so excited. Well, if you could introduce yourself to our listeners with three descriptors of your desire and then any other important information about you that we should all know. Okay, Um, I can start. Um, So my name is Bishop Howard. My pronouns are they, them. Um, My three words are intimate, thought, and blouse. Mm. I'm Julian Caban-Glover. I welcome all pronouns. Um, Mine are definitely oral, switchy blouse. Yeah, get into that. Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, since you've both used the term blouse, and I had not heard it until I think I heard you say it two years ago (laughs) at Creating Change, maybe you could, for our listeners, explain what a blouse is or what that identification is. Lovely, Alicia. A blouse is quite simply a femme top, as you would think that you would go into a store and you know <laughs> you want to buy something nice, something flowy, yeah. something that you can you know put on, take off, <laughs> right whenever you like. Right, you know, that fits very makes, well with like any bottom. <laughs> something that makes you feel good all the time. Something that leaves you wanting more. Many times mm-hmm. smells good. <laughs> You know, but most most importantly, it's very you soft and sensual. Right. See, like yeah. most importantly, you develop a kind of, you know, like sexual and intimate relationship mm-hmm. with the blouse. And for us, it's they go hand in hand. These mm-hmm. Well, I love the term the first time I heard it, mm-hmm. and um, you know, femme top is such a, you know, people don't think it exists, right? right? It exists. I mean. Right. So, I mean, can you just talk about that a little, just as an identification and what it means for you to take up mm-hmm. space as a blouse? Yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I mean, I think back to, like, early um, just identity, like, figuring out my identity and, like, where sex fell into the person that I am and just being a femme person and just kind of, like, you know, growing up and being picked on because you're a femme person mm-hmm. and kind of, like, put you in that space of thinking sometimes that you're, like, lower and then, like... You know, I felt like I had to play this one role. I had to be a bottom because I was femme. Precisely. You know, and mm-hmm. that just, you know, femme people seem to be the, you know, the depicted as the ones who received. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, coming, you know, into terms of, like, you know, what my sex was and the ways that in which I like to have sex and discovering, because of Julian, 
uh, this term, this blouse term that I'm a film person who identifies as a type is very empowering mm-hmm. and just also very like grounding in like who I am, who I am sexually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's also um, important to know that you know the folks blouse works so well for some folks, um, particularly those who have been assigned male at birth, but also. Um, have a particular embodiment that is understood under Western kinds of, you know, epistemologies as very femme. Um, and for us, it's really, it's really a, it's a, not just a choice, but it's a politic, right? Mm-hmm. And at least for me, it's undergirded by a sense of, um, or the desire for, you know, as you were saying, intimacy mm-hmm. um, alongside um, recognizing its recuperative ability on getting folks who are assigned male at birth, who are also racialized as black, Mm -hmm. to be able to occupy a space of, you know, at some points being um, dominant without also reproducing very violent non-relations or what Mm -hmm. Audre Lorde might say, sensation without feeling or what Mm -hmm. she Mm -hmm. called pornography, right? Mm. Yeah, this very raw, hyper-masculine type of feature that we don't exude sometimes. You know, you don't... Like having getting those the same types of pleasure from people who do not, you know, give that off and just have this very like loving mm-hmm. um, nature and just also glowing nature when it comes to ourselves and how we present ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I it increases that. kind of like that experience when you're sexually giving like yourself to another person. And it's about taking care of our partners, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because we know too many selfish, okay. And not emotional tops and exactly. it's like, oh you you know, I just did my business, you go take care of yourself. The sensation exactly. without the feeling. Mm-hmm. That's, that's mm-hmm. not cute. No. Not at all. It's supposed to be twenty twenty. That's beautiful. So both of you are in a big transition now. Julian, you just left Chicago to go south, Richmond to complete your PhD program and start a path as a professor. Yes. And yes. Bishop, you also left Chicago I did, yeah. to move to the left coast, as they say, here on the East Coast. And yeah. You're in San Francisco I now, am, taking on a new LGBT leadership mm-hmm, position mm-hmm. in the community. And I wonder what kind of impact leaving, you know, your home base has had on your desire. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how does how's the, how's desire local? How do we locate ourselves? What's, mm-hmm. what's the geography? What's mm-hmm. happening for you? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'll definitely say, so I moved from Chicago to Richmond, Virginia, um, where I'm currently a uh, visiting scholar um, at Virginia Commonwealth University in the Department of Dance and Choreography. Um, so I'm their resident performance theorist. Um, so it's a blessing to be at a public arts institution, number one in the country, because the students are all really social justice minded. Mm. They're all seemingly queer, everybody and their third partner are poly. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So it's very fab in that way. So I definitely feel like I've fit in. But the one um, thing that I'm really having to navigate now is, you know, being in a very kind of public, clear position of power. Yes. Right? You know, becoming a professor means that I am now faculty. So I am no, I no longer have access and um, by proximity, right, and by position to a group of people who I was just, you know, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. That was that was just me, just, you know, a skip yes. and a jump up. <laughs> yes. So that has been very difficult, and there are some students who try me because 
I'm fab. They know I'm. They're fab. They right. know. They think I'm fab, and yep. that's all we're gonna be is fab. Okay. Right. My colleague Madison Moore would say, "Okay, fab. That's it." So you know, it's been difficult on my mm. desire because they're the kinds of folks that I've been attracted to. Kinds of folks, especially in terms of like my ability to to be vulnerable and to kind of have a lot of intimacy with, have definitely dwindled. Um, I've gone from being in a place where you, I am one of several in a neighborhood mm-hmm. where you open the apps and you go two blocks up and your entire queue changes mm-hmm. to going you know, to an entire city mm-hmm. where half the profiles right, are people who have no pictures. Right? Mm-hmm. So a very different way of relating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so that has been tremendously difficult. And so honestly what it has done for me it has made the few escapades, and that's exactly what I call them now, <laughs> the, the few, few escapades, escapades that I do have, that I do get to have, makes those all the more special, all the more intimate, and I really have been kind of leaning into those. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and understanding that, you know, I'm, I'm in a part of my life now, you know, I'm 28, you know, I'm Saturn, in, my Saturn return mm-hmm. has just started, <laughs> so I know my Saturn's in the fourth house as well, so at house of home and family, so I know that I'm in transition with regard to my intimate relationships. So mm-hmm. I'm excited and honoring the ones that I do have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you about one in a little bit, honey. Uh, <laughs> yes, nice. Yeah, and like for me, you know, I I very much found, you know, my sexual self in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I discovered all of the sexy things that I loved about myself. And like I, I, I found this love for my body and love for my feminists. Um, and so like Chicago is just super... Like, like, everything about Chicago is very just intertwined in me because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, leaving it was hard. <laughs> um, yep. And it was, you know, I went to this place where, yeah, so I moved to, you know, San Francisco. Um, I started this job at this um, amazing nonprofit called Lyric. Um, so I'm the health and wellness program manager. Um, I manage um, a program. I manage three programs, gender health services, uh, coordinated entry, so getting homeless youth um, assigned to housing, um, and prep navigation and STI and like sex education oh, work. Big work. Um, yeah, very much so. Um, and so moved to this new place. And this is the first time, um, this is you know me kicking off my career. So I made this move for my career. And what that meant was like I gave up a lot of my social life. You know, I, I have built super, like since I've allowed intimacy as a part of my sex life, mm-hmm. I've built these super like intimate connections in Chicago and these just gorgeous, with these amazing and beautiful people that I have just amazing and beautiful sex with. Mm-hmm. And then like, left that like cold turkey <laughs> just moved to this place where like I have a few friends mm-hmm. but like I you know I don't have that intimacy and like that has been incredibly hard yep. um, being like without um, and like feeling like almost like not whole because I'm without this intimacy that has like filled my life so much recently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I've been there um, going on two months now um, that first month I had no sex at all um, which anyone who knows me knows that's like you know not, 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 some, not, not something I do also I have to say not like people's stereotypical idea about what would happen for any a, anyone who a, moves a to San queer Francisco, in San Francisco mm-hmm. exactly. right? because there's also this you know when I turn on the apps it is. It, it became very clear the difference because, like you mm-hmm. know, I can I can hop on an app in Chicago and like you know see all these people and like someone on my grid is going to be like GNC trans or fab in some way right. femme. Right. But I haven't gotten that 
a lot in San Francisco. Um, and my feminist in that realm has not been received very well right. either. So, so it's, yeah, it's hard. So yeah, those, the encounters are becoming like less, less, but they're also becoming more important because like when I do find those intimate connections, I want to hold on to them. So interesting. I was just having this conversation with a, a femme friend of mine who moved from San Francisco to Seattle. And my experience of San Francisco as a, a dyke mm-hmm. is that femmes are not very appreciated either. Mm-hmm. Even, and, and dyke community, like mm-hmm. masculinity is, you know, is, is all mm-hmm. and, you know, really rules the day. Mm-hmm. And femmes are kind of like hanging out, waiting for the, yeah. you know, it's just like, oh, not my scene. Um, and, it's a very boys crowd. Right. You and know, so I just crowd. think it's interesting across mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. different communities. Mm-hmm. There's, you know. Mm, across to... all of our different gender environments. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We still see that, you know, this kind of like femme embodiment is mm-hmm. not valued, respected, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, recognized, or desired. Mm-hmm. And the people who are, like, responding to me and interacting with me um, and want to go on dates and hang out are transmasculine folks. Mm. I've had, like, since being there, I've had, like, dates with, like, four different transmasculine people. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the ones who are, like, responding to me on oh, Grindr and hitting me up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 It's very interesting. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's, that's definitely been the case. Um, for me as well. It's a bit different for me just because my own kind of like relationship to um, sexuality is a bit more, I I think, capacious Mm -hmm. in that I'm really pansexual. So you really just don't know (laughs) who Who's going to be interested in interesting you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So so finding mutual interest, although, you know, it may seem like, you know... You've got a bigger universe, but maybe not. Truly not, right? Because it, it depends on us mutually being able being to recognize. Being interested, yeah. Right? And what I mean by that is getting past all of the internalized shame that we have around understanding just how capacious, you know, our sexuality can be. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, you know, I was, I've once been interpolated as a gay man for a long mm-hmm. time, and, and, that, and that's no longer the case. Well, one of the things that I love that's coming up in both of your stories that I think gets so little appreciation in the sort of mainstream narrative of our queer gay communities mm-hmm. is how much you're held by sort of a rolling community of sexual intimates rather than Mm -hmm. a quote-unquote boyfriend or girlfriend. And that, you know, you've been in a location where there have been lots of people who can meet you where you are, and there's, like, incredible sustenance there, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Um, I just wonder if you could just say more about that because I do feel like... You know, I'm often in spaces where people are just talking about the world of the apps as never providing in that way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and that it's it's all kind of disconnected and passing, and mm-hmm. and you know, has has taken some meaning out of all of this. And mm-hmm. and you know, for some of us who are really you know not your average bears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, I think the apps can really, um, you know, sift, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that your people are, are, you know, they're lifted up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, and so I just love what you're, you're both missing the same thing, it sounds like, yes. which yeah. is this intimate, um, you know, kind of rotating and some mm-hmm. people who 
are, are common that's, that stay mm-hmm. in the mix, right? Yes. And that you meet in this way and stay in the mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I miss my hotation. That's really what it was. Your hotation. My, my hotation. Like, <laughs> I miss. I miss having that. Yeah, that 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 cycle of like intimate partners who I had and like held for years. Mm-hmm. You know, people who I've met on Grinder that that were you know initially supposed to be these one time hookups, but because mm-hmm. we took the time to yes. like talk. Mm-hmm. Or just like learn a little bit more about each other since we 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 broke that kind of like that 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 guard yes mm-hmm. that, that that thing about you know oh, trauma yes. that 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 holds vulnerability back Ooh, right you know say that. The, that that I opened that up to those people and they saw that mm-hmm. you know and you built those connections I absolutely miss those people mm-hmm. because it's it's both like empowering and draining to make those connections and then being in a new place having to open myself up again to new people it's right, like right. it's hard, it's hard. Mm-hmm. there's definitely something about that particular kind of feeling um and the ability to continually consistently be vulnerable mm-hmm. as being part of the way that we relate to people mm-hmm. uh, being part of our relational ethic that i think um gets to be really, really, really important. Some of the most sustaining long-term connections, sexual, intimate, romantic, that I have even to this day have been with folks who I've spoken, who I've met on apps, Mm -hmm. spoken to for a while before we Mm -hmm. even met, Mm -hmm. right? So that when we met, it was something we already knew each other quite well, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We knew some things quite well and, and Mm -hmm. of course, had a lot to learn in person. But it was really important, I guess, in, in... um, in terms of reminding me that just because the technology, okay, for meeting queer people has changed over time, mm-hmm. there's still something to be said about the importance of developing a kind of relational ethic to folks that um, is all about vulnerability and being in touch with our true feelings alongside sensation, mm-hmm. okay? So, um, and for me, like, Moving away from Chicago has definitely um, allowed me to see um, those kinds of relationships um, a bit more in a kind of, the only language I have for this right now is a, is a more like sacred kind of way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Something that you I am, yes, and, and something that I'm being a bit more deliberate intentionally mm-hmm. about who, with whom I share my intimacy. Mm-hmm. It starts to become more about like mm. quality and not quantity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, though we are, I mean, like, you know, though I still absolutely love a good, you know, pump and dump. Like, you know, just like mm-hmm. a good, like, let's do let's this. Let's do it and go. Yeah, but those those moments are just so much, they're so much deeper. They, they mean a lot more, even if it's like, you know, and I've, I've kind of been able or like kind of not mastered, but like acquired the skill to become intimate in like, short periods of time with people mm-hmm. so that like when I do meet people and like I, I, I want something, I want some of that intimate energy, I want us to share that mm-hmm. um, before, and even if it's just a conversation about like how you like to be fucked mm-hmm. right. um, or in which ways you like to be touched, you know, sometimes we're, we're not always having those conversations with people and we're just letting people right. enter us or we're entering people without having those Much conversations. Right. And like nothing, like I remember in, <laughs> think. Thank you, Creating Change. But, like, I remember the first time I went to Creating Change, I had sex with this, like, really gorgeous man. And we, like, this was before I was on prep. And um, he asked me if I was on prep. 
And I was like, no. And he, we like laid in bed and had this very lovely conversation about prep and how, you know, what prep meant to him and how he loves, you know, getting fucked raw. And I was just like, and then we had sex again. And I was like, this is just like, this is beautiful. Like, because we sat down and we had this mm-hmm. conversation and we just opened up to each other, not about, you know, our past traumas or anything like that, but just something about how you liked your, your body being used, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really reminding me of, you know, this play on why I'm calling the pod Just Sex. And mm-hmm. it's like, when we say, well, we're, it's just sex, you know, I mean, every time we connect with someone, even if it's for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. like, you know, we can either do it in a way that honors and respects us both right. and sort of mm-hmm. lifts us up and is interested in pleasure yes. across the board, or we can just kind of shit on somebody and exactly. move on, exactly. you know? And, and that becomes our story of us, you know? Oh, and yes. so that's when you said sacred, you mm-hmm. know, like in hotation. I mean, it made me think about sacred whores, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And, um, and, you know, which for our listeners, I mean, the, the historic idea of sacred whores were people who were sent in in hard times to help people be in right relation when they were making big decisions in communities, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just like this this connection mm-hmm. could help people who had power mm-hmm. sort of get to their best thinking, Yes. right? Yes. Um, so I, I just love this idea of, you know, I, I, you know, I'm feeling your 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 rotation <laughs> and what it's doing for you. Yes, it's absolutely. It's very affirming. Yeah. It's it's very just beautiful and grounding to know that like you know I have those people, or even that I still have, have them. them. Right. Yeah, right. because you know I there's still people that you know when I go back to Chicago, yeah, as you're I, will, see them. I will absolutely yes. see them. You know, there are people who are like like important. And yes. like they're they're important to my development, important to my sex, mm-hmm. um, and just to my emotional stability. Mm-hmm. For me, people who I plan to see, people who know me know mm-hmm. I am a recluse. You see <laughs> exactly. me pop up here, <laughs> there, everywhere, but nowhere at the same time. So you know you mean something to me mm-hmm. if I'm planning mm-hmm. to see you, if I'm mm-hmm. going to be somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. So nice. um, those folks, and also for me, the other thing it's it's a, about a kind of physical vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I'm also a person who I think has definitely been shaped, who is just dutifully suspicious of the world in general. Mm -hmm. Being both black, queer, and femme, you know, it's definitely instilled in me a very particular kind of like um, relationship to emotions that definitely makes vulnerability particularly challenging. And, And so, you know, if we're thinking about this idea of the hotation, what has been particularly restorative about the people with whom I'm regularly engaging has been my ability to um, be vulnerable continuously mm-hmm. by choice. Mm-hmm. 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 Continuously. You know, we've had another guest, Romeo Jackson. Shout yes. out, love you, said. <laughs> who, who talked about, you know, enjoying having partners who are long distance mm-hmm. because it not only allowed them a particular kind of space, but that they also it was also a choice that they would always get together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am very, very much understanding that and its value in this moment. Thank you, sis. Love you so much. Mm, so lovely. Well, now I wonder if either both of you would like to just share a little point on your desire map, a story that has some meaning for you. Um, you know, we often talk in the workshop about, you know, pivotal or revelatory moments mm-hmm. where we're sort of we find out something about ourselves or we we, mm. we get a little nugget that 
stays with us that we build on. So mm -hmm. do you either of you have anything you want to talk um, about? Yeah, so I'll share, I'll share something that just kind of ties into like my love for intimacy. Mm. And um, so, and this is more recently, so the person, the first person that I did have sex with in San Francisco was yes. um, someone who I had met in Chicago um, while they were visiting from Florida. Um, and we've kept, you know, we had very amazing sex in Chicago, um, made a really strong connection, and then they decided to come visit me in San Francisco um, about two weeks ago. And um, it was just, I was so excited. I was so, so excited because I, 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 our, our sex I know is intimate. Um, and so, you know, I've been missing it because mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I had a partner before I left Chicago um, and several, you know, like, quotation people. And so, like, being in, like, San Francisco was missing all of the intimacy. And so when this person was coming, I was like, okay, so, like, everyone at work was like, Bishop, you're so excited. Like, what's going on? You seem so happy. And I was just like, you know, I have a friend coming and I'm just so happy. Um, and he, like... He got over, and we were supposed to go do things and then come back and hang out for a little bit. But he came over, and we were just sitting there talking. And then we, like, the closeness. We were just sitting there just very close to each other. Mm -hmm. And so, like, for me, intimacy um, also, like, like physical touch. Um, because I think about how um, w when I was first starting to have sex, um, there were things that I did not allow. Like, I didn't allow people to touch certain parts of my body. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't kiss people. Mm -hmm. Because for me, kissing was this ultimate, like, intimate act. And I didn't, I didn't want to just share that mm -hmm. with anyone because I needed to be vulnerable for that. Um, and, like, I realized, you know, as I was just, like, kissing this person, I was just, like, you know, I used to, yes, deeply fall for people who I kissed. Even just a random person at the bar. If I kissed them, I'd just, like, I need to know who that person is. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I was... And what I came to realize is that I was not longing because I had been so absent recently from the intimacy, that feeling that I would have when I kissed people as I was kissing him came back. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it's not that I was longing like for you, that person. I was longing for that feeling, feeling. Yeah. you know, that feeling of intimacy. And yes. it was and even just like the kissing and the touching before any clothes came off, before any like hands went to private, just the like caress of like this warm like hand on my skin mm -hmm. was just so magical and mm -hmm. just so beautiful it felt so affirming and just to have this person touch like when we when clothes started to come off it just also felt like this 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 like edging session uh. because it was like you know all of these things that like 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 made me want to like tip the point and just like get into the fucking right but i was like holding myself back because it felt so good so the intimacy good. felt so good and i was just like i know that once i tip this into that point like the intimacy isn't gonna go away but it's gonna like you know become more something else yeah and even like when when the fucking started and just like the way that like i you know i had him on his back and something that's really a big turn on for me is like um expression like I love moaning like I love seeing you like quiver show me show me and so like one of my favorite things is like when I'm fucking someone I have them on their back is like getting so close that like our lips are like very like barely touching but we're not kissing because as you moan I want to feel your lips quiver mm. and it's just so intimate because I also used to not make noise when I was wow. Wow. because for me that was a vulnerable thing wow, yes. wow, wow. you know I, I didn't give people that sound or let them know that they were giving me that pleasure because 
that felt like I was opening up myself to them and it was something I could not do because of past traumas, because of being someone raised, you know, as a black boy. Right. You know, in a in a home with a single mother who very much believed that men needed to be strong. Mm-hmm. And so I needed to hold in my emotions. So those things, you know, transpired during like 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 transfers to how I was having sex. But like hearing this person, you know, or even just now allowing myself to be loud when I'm getting fucked. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so like magical and transformative. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm there. I'm in that room. <laughs> oh, it was great. And that was just the first day. He was there six days. Oh six my god. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, love. Oh. Thank you. You're welcome. It was just beautiful. <laughs> mm, goodness. I Round love two. You, Julie. Yeah. <laughs> Anything on your mind lately? Or? So, yeah, there's been one experience recently. Um, also happened on the left coast. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, I'm an academic, so I was at a conference in Honolulu, and then I went to San Francisco. And so, before I came back to Richmond, I decided I was going to LA, one of my not so favorite places um, in the world, to see somebody. And I had met this person only once when they were visiting Chicago <laughs> um, from LA. Um, <clears throat> yeah, from LA. And they, we just had some great, great sex. Um, to start in the relationship was a lot more intimate than I think either of us thought. Um, they would later tell me that they arrived at my place and was so surprised um, pleasantly to see just how femme I was, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we had met on one of the apps, right? So that's not altogether too surprising. But um, they really enjoyed it. And we talked a little bit, um, you know, here and there between our times. And it was great. Um, so I definitely said, you know, I'll come to L.A., just to see you, all right? The song says, come and see me for once. <laughs> so I did. Um, so I went to go see them and got to L.A. And the very, what, we got to their place. Um, picked me from the airport, got to their place. And they kept saying, okay, well, they need to go do a few things. Okay, fine. Do your thing. And I went right to their bedroom. I was like, listen, I know what this is about to give. <laughs> I've been waiting for a long time. I'm excited for what this is about to give. So... We start playing, that's great. Um, and then we're between a session, and that's what I told them. You know, oh, something, something, something. That's my life is being a blouse. And they asked what that was, and I was shocked because it's the second time mm-hmm. that we played together. And I'm like, wait a minute, I haven't told you about being a bl- what a blouse is? I can't believe it. I told them, and they laughed hysterically for like a good two, three minutes. Um, and so then we played again skip after dinner and all those things. We were playing another time and they talked about how in their lives they mostly had been um, a, um, mostly had been a top and how they had just been looking for somebody who could really, really give them what they wanted. Um, And as they're talking about this, they're bringing out what I thought looked like restraints from underneath their bed. And I'm like, oh, I think those are restraints (laughs) underneath their bed. So I ask, are those restraints underneath your your bed? bed. (laughs) Lo and behold, they were restraints. That was just part one. They were saying how it's taken them a a while to find another partner who they feel like they 
um, could be vulnerable with, particularly one who is assigned male at birth, yet also very feminine, they're um, transmasculine person, um, and have definitely um, spent a lot of time amongst like cis AMAB folks mm -hmm. who are not so great. Right. Um, okay, we'll leave that right there. Um, and so they were, as they're telling me this, they're bringing out um, cuffs. And so they bring out these beautiful, thick leather cuffs with this big um, brass, um, um, big brass, um, what do you call it? Clasp. Clasp, yes, right there. That's just like sterling silver, super shiny. And so I, as they're bringing these things out, I'm like, okay, I think I'm getting the hand. All right. Yeah. So you've been looking for somebody, and then they brought out the, the third and final piece. And I said, oh, wow. So the third and final piece was this beautiful, really long, but really thick and very soft leather um, choker that was one where when you pulled one of the ends and you put it around um, the, the person's neck, this collar, rather, um, when you put it around the person's neck, um, and you pull just a little bit, it would tighten or loosen. Mm -hmm. And it was absolutely amazing. So I got the hint. So um, they said they've been looking for somebody who they felt comfortable with. And they kind of just looked at me and I said, I'll be right back. Because we're missing one thing. So I went to my suitcase and again, oh, you know, I had been traveling two weeks. <laughs> so I was like, oh God, I hope I can find it. I hope I can find it. I hope I can find it. Found it. All we needed was this beautiful, oversized, vintage scarf that I had Ooh, to nice. use as a blindfold. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I blindfolded them, and then I played, and we played, and I fucked them, and we recorded, and I put them in the restraints. We recorded, yeah. okay? <laughs> I put them, um, put the, uh, the um, um, cuffs on them, recorded, and finally came while... Um, they were collared with the blindfold on. And although, yeah, it was, it was just absolutely amazing. And then when we were done with that part, um, they hadn't come in a while and said that coming is usually pretty difficult for them. Mm -hmm. But again, care. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, said, yes. Right? Care. Care. So I said, well, let's try one more time. So they grabbed what they needed to grab. And I entered them and we're right at the edge of the bed. And I'm just caressing their back. They still have the blindfold. That's the only thing that they kept doing. Um, I'm just caressing their back. I'm just inside them. And just pumping very slowly, very sensually. Mm -hmm. And maybe 30, 45 seconds later, I feel just suddenly everything just tighten, <laughs> yeah. constrict. And I'm like, okay, great. So I just move in just a little bit more. And all of a sudden... There it goes. <laughs> um, and so it was a great moment. And just soon after that, um, this person said to me, damn, I'm so glad I got a new blouse. <laughs> and it was really in that oh. moment. It was really in that moment. <laughs> I love that. It's really in that, that moment that I really remember that so much about love and desire is also about recognition. Mm. And to be recognized and affirmed um, in that moment, after having moved, after everything that we've talked about, Jamie, mm. it's been oh, um, just amazing. So, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's my new point. I feel like as a blouse, I'm very dedicated to get my partners off. Like, yes. absolutely. Yes. Like, so dedicated yes. to that. It's a requirement. Yes. Oh, God, I need to breathe. <laughs> <laughs>
Seriously. Yeah. 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 No, I I just feel like both of you are, you know, in sharing your stories at the conference when we've been Mm -hmm. together and just really articulating this blouse space and Mm -hmm. tradition and like what's in it and what the values and the practices are in it. It's just it's just revolutionary. I mean it's just it's just creating new conversation and new possibility Mm -hmm. for people. Um yeah, it's it's really moving. Well, thank, thank you. you. I mean, and you know, it's definitely. I think for me and Bishop, I'm sure this is true for you too. I think it's also about what it means, as a Lovad man would say, what it means to be femme in public mm. for mm. those who have been not just assigned male at birth, but those whose aesthetic characteristics do not neatly conform to. Um, understandings or conceptions of femininity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What does it mean to be assigned male at birth, but but um, femme to wearing facial hair mm-hmm. while wearing Fenty body lava, okay, <laughs> while carrying bags, <laughs> yeah. while okay. wearing a cute lip, <laughs> okay, okay, a cute lip, and a cute earring, you know, or five, yes. a septum, you see what I'm saying, yes. and playing in and all up in the shit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I think that's really what it's about. And another guest, I remember Emmett was talking about, you know, trans Q. <laughs> <laughs> we okay. learned about that. Yes. So we'll extend that. We're fem Q. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, well, I know, you know, I always do definitions at the end and you have done so many interesting words, but maybe you could tell us that I think everybody doesn't, you know, uh, they're not in a conversation. So mm-hmm. when you say someone's AMAB, what do you mean by that? Assign male at birth. Mm-hmm. And AFAB. Assign female at mm-hmm. birth. And what's so beautiful about the communities we're creating right now is it feels to me like the assignment at birth is becoming less and less relevant exactly. yeah, to absolutely. anything. It's like the birth certificate. I keep saying the birth certificates are disappearing. Yeah. God. And, you know, uh, it doesn't really impact our identities, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And it's creating all this beautiful space for us to move around and really live out our desires mm-hmm. as we as we want. That's and then, right. you know, among the people we choose. Yes. And it's a commitment and it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? And for and we know we are living witnesses. I mean, Jamie, come on, you are a living witness and not just that, but a pioneer. Oh, Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. No, mapping was this, you know, like I remember going into my first mapping and like, you know, Julian talks so highly of it. And then knowing that you were also like one of the um, faculty and like going through this experience and being in that, like being in that space with everyone and leaving and also like, you know, spending that weekend having very amazing like sex and intimate connections. I was like, like, holy shit. Like, you know, like, oh, so this is what, what? like it means to like break down these barriers and to like really dive into my desire. Like, and it is like, it has changed the way I look at like everything. Yes. Everything. Holy transformation. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I love you guys so much. (laughs) Really. I love you so much and I appreciate your work so much and I just really want to support you out there doing everything that you do. And likewise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You'll see me at Mapping again. (laughs) We'll see you at Creating Change. Yes, absolutely. Well, that's a wrap. This is Just Sex, Mapping Your Desire, and I'm Jamie. I'm a bossy femme bottom. I'm Julian. I am an oral switchy blouse. And I am Bishop. I'm an intimate thought. 
Bless. All right. <laughs> See you again soon here. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wow. Well, that's a wrap on the season two premiere. Bishop and Julian have left me with so much to appreciate and think about. I laughed a lot in this episode, but underneath it all, I have to say, I was having a big cry for much of our conversation. When I came into LGBTQ gender and sexual liberation work in the 1990s, Marlon Riggs, Essex Hemphill, and Joe Beam were literally breaking out of toxic white supremacist masculinities in their work and claiming their love for each other. Joe Beam said at the time, black gay men loving black gay men is the revolutionary act of the 90s. Altogether, they were celebrating and illuminating black queerness. Riggs, through his shattering film, Tongues Untied, Hempel, through his amazing poetry, and Joe in his groundbreaking anthology, In the Life. I was fortunate to watch that work unfold as it was emerging, to see Essex perform here in some tiny venue in DC, and to catch a glimpse of Joe working at the amazing bookstore Giovanni's Room in Philadelphia. When I was talking with Bishop and Julian today, I thought about how these black gay men broke open a path for them and for so many others to refuse the limited enclosure of white supremacy and cis heterosexism. Today we laughed and enjoyed each other so much. It reaffirmed for me the Tony K. Bambara quote, the job of the artist is to make revolution irresistible. All love to Marlon, Essex, and Joe for lighting that match, and to Bishop and Julian for giving us a glimpse of their irresistible, revolutionary desires and lives. See you next week. I like New York in June. How about you? I like a Gershwin tune. How about you? I love a fireside when a storm is due. I like potato chips, moonlight motor trips. How about you? I'm mad about good books. Can't get my fill.